This is Springfield Comeback on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. We got Michelle Owen be back from the Springfield Business Journal. And uh, good morning, Michelle. How are you this morning? Good morning, Chris. Doing well. Yeah, terrific. Listen, I, I know that you and I have covered a lot of businesses, especially you, you know, going through this pandemic and stuff. And I know that there's a lot of cool stories about ones that are successful this month in the Springfield Business Journal. Why don't you tell us about a couple of the stories? Sure. I, I'm sure we'd all be glad to hear a little good news, right, about some places that are having success. Uh, seems like there's too much doom and gloom out there these days, and it's always uh, a little heartwarming to hear the stories of the folks that have figured out ways to make it work. Um, coincidentally, perhaps, the current issue of SBJ that just hit the streets focuses on technology. And, of course, a lot of uh, business owners are using technology to uh, try to figure out how to adapt their business model during this pandemic. Uh, we've got Liz Eckert from Bella Boutique on the, the cover, and one of the things that she talked about was, uh, you know, when she had to close down her, her retail location in, in mid-March when everything else shut down, she wasn't quite sure what to do, but started doing some Facebook Live sales, Sunday brunch events, where she just walked around the store kind of narrating different items and things, and then she said she'd spend the next couple days in her car delivering all the orders, and it really proved to be very successful, and so now she's going to make this uh, Sunday brunch a, a regular thing. Um, same thing, Willow and Birch. We talked to the owner, Jessica Kosurik. You know, she's always had a strong social media presence, but again, when, when you're a hair salon, you know, and you're in phase two, there's not a whole lot you can do. You can't be providing direct services, but she already had the, the boutique side of the business with some clothing and gift items and things like that. So she really started ramping that up, taking a lot of pictures, posting their inventory online, using social media. And, and she said it just took off. Uh, you know, they sold jigsaw, jigsaw puzzles and shampoo and, and all kinds of products and accessories. And, uh, was able to keep some of that business going, even though none of the none of the stylists could actually be at work. Yeah, I mean that I can't imagine having to go through some of this without that fact, without without social media and and some of the outlets. You know, people were using eBay and Facebook and all sorts of things to to make some kind of sales. Uh, you know, as much as we've heard about the big, uh, this has been so favorable to Amazon's and Walmart's of the world, and absolutely it has. But by that same token, that that those same channels of commerce on the internet have been a lifeline for some of these businesses, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And we talked to a couple other companies on the technology side of things, um, you know, everyone from, from LRS, of course, huge outfit based here in Springfield, to GoWeb1. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that a lot of small business owners have had on their to-do list for a long time. But when, you know, when you're everything from the, the chief bottle washer to, you know, the CEO and everything else, sometimes it's just hard to find time to uh, create an online store or ramp up your social media presence or whatever it is you need to do. So we've heard from a number of folks that use the shutdown time to, to do exactly that. Maybe they didn't even have the ability to sell their products online or they had kind of a, a bare bones presence and now they're realizing that they need a, an actual e-commerce site. You know, they need to photograph their inventory. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of stores in town. Uh, I'll use uh, Once Upon a Child, for example, because that's somewhere that, that I've shopped. You know, they, ha again, 
retail store that got shut down, and I know it took them a few weeks, but by the end of the shutdown, they had gone through and photographed the thousands and thousands of items in their store and figured out how to how to put that online and make an e-commerce site out of it. So it's just really a totally different business model, but even now that things are open back up, I think it is going to benefit those small businesses because, like you said, you know, the people that want to shop at midnight at home in their pajamas instead of getting on Amazon, now they have an easier and a better way to support some of these small local retailers. Yeah, that's what it's all about, too. And Michelle Owenby is with us from the Springfield Business Journal. You know, it is so important, Michelle, to to support these local businesses. I think that, that a lot of people have recognized that, too. In the businesses that I've talked to, a lot of the owners of the businesses have said that, hey, our, our regular clientele has really stepped up and helped us out. Is that the story you're hearing on your end, too? Yes, definitely, definitely hearing the same thing. I mean, even, uh, you know, Jessica and Liz, the two business owners I just referenced, talked about about that as well, how their customers were just really contacting them and saying, hey, how can we support you? You know, how can we figure out a way to support you during this, this time? And I think that saying about the, the businesses you support now are going to be the ones that are still around when we come out of this that that is very true. Um, that is absolutely true. And another kind of cool story we have in this month's issue is a profile on MicroPower computer systems. Um, I did not realize this, but they were actually the very first computer store in Springfield. They opened uh, about 45 years ago, 1975. And uh, of course, they specialize in Apple products, although they do a little bit of everything. And again, you you look at a business like that where. Uh, you know, how do you compete with the big boxes and the chain stores? And, you know, a lot of people do purchase a computer online these days. 45 years later, they're, they're still at it. They've had to adapt their business model a number of times along the way. Oh, my. Uh, the owners, Bob and Elsie Fox, talked to us about that and how, you know, Apple used to uh, be, they used to be an authorized dealer for all the K through 12 schools and higher education. And back in the 90s, Apple dropped its dealers and now they sell to the institutions directly. You know, that could have been something that put them out of business, but instead they figured out a way to, to adapt and keep going. Boy, that that is something, you know, when you talk about these computer retailers and, and these online businesses, how they've had to adapt and change over the years is amazing. And, and to be in business in the technology world since 1970, I mean, even Radio Shack hasn't survived. You know, right. you know, they you know to, to 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 adjust like that is amazing, and and in a way that that's kind of one of the benefits of local business and small business because they can adapt so quickly. Where if you're a huge conglomerate, it takes a while to to turn that albatross around. But but when you're a local business and, and you're running lean and mean, you can you can turn on a dime, can't you? Exactly. That that is definitely very true. And uh, there's there's a really uh, neat photograph with that article of um, the first word processing lab wasn't even computers yet. Word processing lab out at uh, Lincoln Land Community College that MicroPower designed in 1981. So if you want to see what high tech looked like in 1981. <laughs> Uh, there is a picture of it <laughs> side by side with a picture of Bob Fox in the in the showroom today. So yeah. uh, you you talk about adapting. That's a that's a pretty big span there. Yeah, it's it's just amazing to think about that story because I'm going like what what 1975 is when they started about six years ahead of the landing on the moon would choose technology uh, that that in terms of gigabytes or whatever your your phone in your pocket has more technology than what we did to put on the moon. You know what I mean? 
imagine, you know, 1981, you know, yes. state of the art. I remember reading some kind of article that said that I don't oh, oh, I remember my first computer I ordered in in 1997 and I asked for 64 megabytes of RAM and the guy on the phone just like his jaw dropped like what what are you pulling bomb secrets or something there? <laughs> right. you, know, so, you know, I needed it for audio programs, 64 megabytes and he thought that was the most unbelievable you were request. Fancy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it it cost me an arm and a leg too. I think it cost me $500 just to get the 64 mega RAM, you know, which is now now not even worth keeping around in a in a thumb drive or anything. They're all they're all measured in gigabytes or something, but yeah, it is amazing how they've gone through. But one more thing I wanted to ask you about is is you know, as you've talked to the businesses, one of the things that's tugged at my heartstrings, it's been tough to hear is how many businesses have dipped into their life savings to keep things afloat, to keep their employees uh, and and layoffs that they've had to made to make on people that have worked for them 20, 30, 35 years. Uh, just compelling stories. Are, are you hearing something along those lines too? And, and, and uh, what uh, have they basically uh, told you? Yeah, very, very similar stories for sure. I mean, as you said, for a lot of these small businesses, it, it really is their, their life's work and there is no, you know, there's no backup plan. This is, this is what they've done their whole lives. Um, you know, and, and one of the other challenges that I've heard kind of ironically, I mean, we hear about these record unemployment rates and, and all that, but uh, I've had a number of business owners tell me that they are really struggling to find employees. And part of that may be because of those uh, that additional federal stimulus money that just expired the end of July. I, I think we'll see if that starts to turn around a little bit. But, um, you know, there are a number of business owners that have told me they've also seen increased costs just in having to advertise and hire and then go through the whole training process for new employees, particularly like in the restaurant industry or some of these sectors that tend to have lower paid workers. Um, you know, where people were kind of riding out the federal jobless benefits and, and they were having a real hard time getting some of those folks to come back to work. Um, but as you said, there's also some companies that have really had to make those tough decisions to furlough even some, some longtime employees. And I know they're hoping to be able to bring them back, but man, this just doesn't show signs of ending anytime soon. Yeah, it sure doesn't. It really is going to be a tough road ahead for a lot of businesses, but we'll keep doing what we can, and I know you will too. So, Michelle, how can people get a copy of Springfield Business Journal? Well, the easiest way is to subscribe. You can go to our website, springfieldbusinessjournal.com, and for $35 a year, it'll show up in your mailbox every month. Uh, if you're just looking for a copy of the new issue, we've got those available at the racks on the old state capitol plaza at our office or at uh, Barnes & Noble. You can pick one up. All right, terrific. Michelle, listen, thank you so much. I hope we can make this a regular feature. Sure thing. Thanks, Chris.